0: Welcome to Potter Revisited, episode 55. I'm Tori. And I'm Shay. Today we are discussing chapter 18 of Prisoner of Azkaban, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. Or,
1: as we like to call it, lycanthropy? More like, likes his therapy. But uh, we ended off the last chapter with the reveal that
0: Scavers is not Scavers, but actually Peter Pettigrew And so into this chapter, uh, the trio think that Lupin and Sirius are just insane. Absolute madmen.
1: Yeah. And Sirius is once again... Unhinged. Not understanding the importance of communicating things to the children. And he's just like, I'm just going to kill him. He's impatient. And he's like stepping on Ron's already broken leg because obviously who cares it's just Ron yeah
0: I get that he's just been living on a diet of uh vengeance for 12 years and he just kind of wants to go do the murder that he was in prison for at this point but yeah it's like Lupin god bless like he's sick thank god for Lupin because he's like wait rewind they need to know why like These children deserve an answer. Yeah. Honestly, Lupin is a blessing. The fact that he's like, wait, calm down. It's time to explain. I do like the part where um, Lupin's like, going like, to we'll explain. And Laurent's just like, actually, no, I'm off. He tries to get up on his way. He's just like, bye. You're being imprisoned, basically, by like a supposed mass murderer and his best friend. But Lauren's just very cautious. Like, actually, I'm going to leave. Like he's in class or something.
1: I mean, we've all wanted to be there in that moment where we're in a situation we have no control over and we'd like to opt out. And Ron was like, can I opt out? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> Is opting out an option? I would like to not. Can I go home? It's past my bedtime. I really, I've got so much to do.
0: But this chapter's kind of short. Yeah. It's basically just Lupin explaining the things that need to be explained.
1: Yeah. I think it's great that Lupin stops and does the essential explaining about Peter Pettigrew because I think if Sirius just full on murdered Ron's pet in front of him, Ron would be traumatized for probably forever. Yeah. Like, it would significantly less so traumatize Ron if he watched an evil, murdering, grown adult man who betrayed him personally and who slept on his pillow every night getting killed, rather than his cute little pet who he's emotionally bonded to.
0: Yeah, he's had for like 12 years.
1: Yeah, even if they had explained to Ron after the fact why they needed to kill Peter... I think it would have been traumatizing for Ron still because while the act took place, he would have seen it as his pet being killed. And so I think it's really important that it be crystal clear to him before that happens that it's not a cute, friendly rat who loves him and cherishes him and is a snuggle bug. It's, again, a grown man who's been sleeping on his pillow and is a murderer. So I think it's really important that that, uh, you know, gets across before any gratuitous violence occurs. Yeah. It's uh it's important that it happen in the perspective of knowing the true reality of the situation. I think that's important. Blessed to have Lupin around. I also Love how Lupin does such a good job of always bringing out the best in Hermione. Like, he knows when she's at her smartest, her most functional, her like sharpest is when she's in like a classroom setting. And he really brings that out of her and the way he like asks her questions and has her explain things to him in these real world situations. It really like, it's like he's the adult who's most aware. Of how best to help Hermione in the rare circumstances where she's not completely level-headed and in control by incorporating the classroom elements and making her feel that sense of security and it's just so good and like he's so attentive he's such a good teacher. One of the best teachers in the series
0: I think for like dark arts teachers yeah he really is able to connect with the kids.
1: Yeah I think he's one of the only ones that actually Like, very few of the teachers should be teaching. Lupin absolutely should be teaching.
0: Yeah. Well, we know how Dumbledore picks his teachers. Out of a
1: hat. (laughs) Off the street. He just takes the call list for telemarketing and he's like, all right, this guy could teach Defense Against the Dark Arts. He just rolls a D20 and hopes for the best. Like, (laughs) who knows? Exactly. I also remember in the previous episode, we mentioned I thought the Shrieking Shack must have existed before Dumbledore repurposed it for Lupin on the full moon. But Lupin flat out says that it was built for him, which is kind of crazy because like he built a multi-story, multi-room house for Lupin to hang out in as a wolf. He literally could have just put a cage in the middle of one room and called it a day. It's like the first time Dumbledore was like, you know what? Give him a couple sofas, a chaise, a beanbag chair. I bet werewolves love beanbag chairs. Like, did he put up posters of the wolf man? Like, he really went... He was playing The Sims when he built Lupin, his little wolf house, is all I'm saying.
0: Oh, God. One thing I like about Lupin is he kind of brings back uh, Sirius' humanity because he really emphasizes the point that, like, Sirius owes Harry an explanation for, like, why he is absent all these years and stuff. And Sirius isn't just in the right mindset to kind of go through it. So he's just waiting for Lupin to kind of, like, go through everything. But we definitely... So Lupin kind of reveals how it starts, which is when he went to Hogwarts. So Lupin was bit as a kid. And we know later on it's Veneer it's Grayback. And it's been really traumatizing for a kid because then he's a child basically for like what, four or five years? And then his life was like irreversibly changed that young. And so he has really no place in society as a child.
1: And it definitely sort of explains a bit of how he was unquestionably the most mature of the marauders. I think it was like growing up with an illness that has real adult consequences and that is contagious Yeah, is something that he had to be aware of and like handling at a young age. And even though he maybe wasn't always as responsible with it as he should have been, it was something he was aware of and like understood the consequences of at least a little bit. So I think that kind of forces you like having having a sickness, especially a contagious one, definitely- Put him in a situation to just have to grow up faster and have to mature faster and have to be the sensible one.
0: And Dumbledore allowing him into Hogwarts is I think another part of like his manipulation of people because Lupin feels immense guilt about kind of like going back on what Dumbledore had. He feels like Dumbledore gave him the gift of going to school when others wouldn't and that's true but also he in turn gets this intense loyalty to Dumbledore for allowing him this like basic need. Kinda of like Hagrid, not as much as Hagrid, but then he feels this immense guilt, basically the whole book thinking that like he should have had told Dumbledore about Sirius. I don't think it got up to in school, but he feels guilty because he feels like he betrayed Dumbledore's trust and running him to Hogwarts in the first place. And all these
1: things Dumbledore did for him. Lo- Dumbledore loves feeling like he's the one that gave everything to people so that he can feel like they owe him. Like it really is like the entire context of all of the relationships Dumbledore seeks out and maintains is, I gave you this thing, no one else could have possibly done it, you now owe me. And like, it isn't portrayed that way like in that sort of hostile context in the books, because the author wants us to love Dumbledore. But like as an adult, it's like, no, he seeks people out who have like tragic backstories, who are missing a parental figure, who have guilt, who have these things they're already being ostracized for. And instead of like just sort of helping them and being a good person about it, he almost always to some extent puts some leverage on that and uses it as a tool to like, earn their respect and their loyalty and it's just like he does it with everyone if it just happened to be a byproduct of him helping people who are going through rough things it's one thing but almost everyone he's consistently close with or who really looks up to him
0: almost everyone in his employ is someone he like rescued from like dire circumstances yeah exactly so yeah i just felt it just felt very manipulative the way he talks about it but obviously it weighs uh heavy on lupin's mind because we've been talking about the last few chapters about like why lupin just didn't tell dumbledore this or like why like why he's has he been holding on to all his guilt about this and it obviously weighs very deeply on him because of like what he perceives that dumbledore did for him basically saving his life so lupin when he's describing how the marauders came in a magi he's very introspective about like what they did as a kid and like how like the kind of like guilt or remorse or just kind of looking back on the things he did as a kid being like you were so young and free, you didn't think of consequences. And because Lupin has had to been forced to be so responsible at so young, I think the idea of having friends and just being a kid for the first time in his life, he's able to slip into that. But looking back at it now, he's like, yeah, that was really irresponsible. Like you would never think to do that now that you know better. But yeah, he's probably one of the most grounded characters in the, the series, but also I just like at, through the marauders, he's definitely one of the most grounded characters. I'm assuming James would have been more grounded, but obviously he died. So, <laughs> but between like Peter and Sirius,
1: he had to be.
0: And they also um uh, it's also very stark compared to Sirius, who um when they re- referenced the trick, I say this in quotations because it was really fucked up, but
1: they they played on Snape attempted murder. I think it's almost attempt. Okay, it's definitely negligent homicide
0: yeah it's almost like 15 years later Sirius still feels no regret about that the trick always felt weird to me because like regardless like Snape was like following them and trying to get Lupin in trouble and I get that they want to protect their friends secret because not all of the not all of the wizards would be so kind to Lupin for that but the idea that it was more or less like to Snape but more of How could Lupin trust Sirius after doing something like that? Because it's basically like he was outing uh, Lupin to Snape that he was a werewolf knowing what Snape is like and like what... I don't understand what Sirius's, like...
1: Long-term plan was?
0: Yeah, we don't have the context of it. It's all through other people's, like, narrations. We don't really hear about it from Sirius or Remus really much. We hear about it from Snape, and we hear about it from Dumbledore, but everyone has different versions of what happened because it's through their perspective. And I just feel... I don't understand how... Because I feel like Lupin never had friends until these friends growing up, and I feel like like having... uh, You trust them with their secret, and, like, he very much, like emphasize how much it meant to him that they like stuck by him and they didn't care that he was werewolf and to have um because Sirius did this on his own from what it seems like he didn't tell anyone
1: yeah Lupin didn't know and James didn't know until he found out and tried to stop it and Snape obviously thought they were all in on it
0: but obviously like like we know Sirius has, has always been wild and kind of like unhinged even back then but uh yeah, it just feels it feels I don't know if it was very much developed at this point, but they talk about the trick is a, a big part of like the Marauder's lore and like the Snape lore throughout the series. I just feel like it doesn't I don't like, I honestly do not get how Lupin would have forgiven serious. Maybe he's
1: just a better person than I am. If it's interesting with the trick, because I like to like sort of follow the line of thought, like what actually were the outcomes if they succeeded or if Sirius succeeded at tricking Snape into going into the shrieking shack, the way I see it, either option one, Snape gets attacked by Lupin, gets bit, becomes a werewolf, and now knows Lupin's secret is alive and can like is like knows everything, and now Lupin could go to jail because I'm guessing it's a crime to bite someone when you're a werewolf. Yeah. And then Dumbledore obviously would have also gotten in trouble. It would have been the only upside. And then so that so that's one option. He gets bitten, he survives. Snape lives life as a werewolf. Lupin goes to jail. Option two, Lupin just kills Snape. Snape's dead. Lupin goes to jail again because he killed a man. Do they
0: send miners to Ask a man?
1: Uh, Dumbledore's in trouble again. Once again, the only upside. There is the third option, which is somehow Snape gets in. Sees a werewolf and gets out unscathed, which is cool and great, but now he knows and he's going to tell everyone because like if I went into a secret tunnel and found a werewolf, I would also kind of want to tell people because that's friggin' cool, but also I'd be traumatized. I'd be up there in the hospital wing, taking off all my clothes, like, check me for bite marks. Sort of like when you think you might have a tick or a leech on you, you know? That's how I would be, So even as a person who likes Lupin. So, like, that's the thing. And then the only other option is Snape gets in, Lupin attacks Snape, and Snape kills Lupin because it's him or him, self-defense. So, like, this situation Yes, ends badly for Snape in almost every single option, but ends badly for Lupin in every single option. Like, there's just...
0: Yeah, I think in the context that a lot of the fandom believe that Lupin and Sirius for in a relationship, or even the movies kind of, like, play up that way in, in this movie adaption. Sure. So, like, I, I like, it's the one idea that you, like, you would never do that to a friend, but how would you forgive, your, like, your romantic partner for doing something
1: like that? Like... That, it's fucked up i get mad if my romantic partner takes my favorite blanket i'm like excuse me you have your own blankets <laughs> i'm in a rage. it's different it's entirely different i also think he's not just like outing a secret that's personal to lupin he's almost wielding lupin's sickness like a weapon against his own personal enemies you know what i mean and like that's like a whole different way of mistreating someone because of their illness. Like everyone else is mis- would mistreat Lupin because he has lycanthropy, because he's a werewolf. They judge him for it. And Sirius, in this context, is still mistreating him because he's a werewolf. He's just doing it under the context of being a friend who supports him. But he's still mistreating him. Yeah, you know, like to have your sickness weaponized and used against someone by someone you thought was your friend who you trusted is is really upsetting. Also, back to the fandom theory, I I would, I don't know how I feel about Sirius and Lupin, but I would love Lupin to be our local friendly marauder bisexual. He's welcome. A sensible, anxious person. He's everything. I see myself in him.
0: Let us know how you feel about the concept of Wolfstar. That's their ship name. But when uh, Lupin brings up Snape, obviously, in this trick they played, Sirius kind of is half listening, And he's like, Snape, and he's all confused. and kind of reveals that, oh, Snape works at the school with us. And he's explaining to you, like, why they don't get along and everything. And Lupin says that he thinks that he was jealous of James.
1: Which is very, like, we were talking about how mature Lupin is, but certain things, if you came to the conclusions when you were younger and you never had evidence to disprove them, you might keep as beliefs or thoughts. And that's definitely one of them, because there's a lot of reasons to dislike James Potter, besides the fact that he's good at Quidditch That's, like, the least of the options.
0: Well, I just feel that it wasn't more about dislike until later. Because I feel like we see it in the memories in Deathly Hallows that they just kind of met each other and they just didn't vibe. And I feel like James is kind of the embodiment of all these uh, um, insecurities that Snape has. Like, James obviously came from, like, a well-loved family. He has parents that love him. Snape does not lots of friends yeah he's very social snape is very introverted and like and james like lily seems very personable has very social they're also good at school and extracurriculars yeah where snape's just kind of really good at his one things and i feel like to make himself feel better about that he kind of sees that like oh being good at quidditch is dumb it's kind of like when you're insecure in, in school you you say that you don't care about the things that you're insecure about like i don't care that i'm not good at sports or this or that because it's stupid and, I, and it's like dumb yeah, I obviously feel like but, but I think to your friends, like or to people in school, it would have seemed like he was jealous. But I feel like it's a bit more deeper than that. Obviously, he was jealous at points, because I think he probably sensed that like, Lily had a thing for him or something or just like the way the way he was.
1: Yeah, he had, all, he had a lot of reasons to resent James because of his own personal flaws, Severus's own personal flaws, and also because of James being a dick to him. Like, it's one thing to dislike a person a little bit and keep it to yourself because you're envious of things they have, but if that person also actively, like, mocks you and goes out of their way to make your life harder, it's, it's in your face. You can't just, like, ignore it or put it into a little box and hide it away, you know? And I just think it's so, it's very, very, like, 14-year-old boy to be like, you know what? I think it was sports. You know, it had nothing to do with the years of relentlessly bullying this child. It was definitely sports.
0: (laughs) But uh, this is all very... Interesting, because as soon as, you know, Lupin finishes this thought and talks about uh, Snape, Snape reveals himself from under the invisibility cloak.
1: We love, we love a dramatic Severus. A dramatic stake
0: reveal. It's very dramatic, like him. He just kind of like, he waits for them to talk about him. And then he's
1: like, aha, I am here. <laughs> Honestly, he has the dramatic timing Gilderoy Lockhart wishes he had. You know what I mean? Like, he wishes he could just reveal, like, dark lurking there. Throw off the invisibility cloak. The gasp. The long, dark
0: hair flowing in the wind. This is kind of how I wish the last chapter was, because we talked about last chapter maybe splitting it into two parts, because there was a lot of accusations and reveals. And I feel like it's really nice in this chapter just ending on the Snape reveal, even though it's kind of short. And I feel like it would have been a good point for the last chapter to end on the serious black
1: Reveal? Yeah, people just keep showing up. And Ron's like, I really did ask to leave. <laughs> yeah, Ron's like, my leg is
0: killing me. I might be dying. I'm surprised they haven't done anything for Ron's leg yet. I think that Lupin does it eventually. But I'm like, when you first saw him with his broken leg, don't you think you could have t- taken like a second and then like, oh, let me splint that for you? Just
1: so Ron has some relief. <laughs> I think it, that's a good idea, but I think that hostile hostility and the tensions were so high in the original moment, Ron would have freaked out if any of them pointed a wand at him. That's true. You know what I mean? He would immediately think they're attacking him. Like, now or right before Snape walks in, like, there's a couple moments where it would have been appropriate to be like, now that you know we're not trying to kill you right now, can I please heal your leg? But there's such a brief window between them being so hostile and terrified and thinking they're about to be murdered to... Trusting Lupin enough to let him point a wand at you is a brief window of time, I think.
0: Well, since the chapter was short, Shay has um, a few things that she would like to talk about regarding Lupin and just how, um, I guess, his maturity and his, I uh, do just the way he handles
1: himself. Hi, friends. So let's take some time and think about Lupin, because he is a very unique adult character in this series. Yes. in In a lot of ways. And he self-reflects in a way... That is very impressive, not just given the fact that, like, he's been through so much, but also given the fact that, like, a lot of the people around him are not in any way in tune with their feelings, which sounds, I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, when you hear him talking about the choices he made when he was younger, the, the trick on Snape, or even just running around as a werewolf because he felt safe doing it because his friends were there, you can really hear how deeply he regrets doing that in his youth. And he can look back and say, I thought it was fine then, but now as an adult who understands how wrong it could have gone, I regret having made those choices. And like, he almost says it that plainly, that it's it's just something you don't see out of the characters. And I feel like specifically in this series, characters are pretty consistent with their choices. Like they generally will make a choice when they're younger, approve of it when they're older, follow the same behavioral patterns. And it does take a great deal of maturity to sort of look at your old choices, identify what was wrong with them. And like, we kind of see it in the children characters as they age, they become smarter. They learn that there are bigger consequences to their actions. Getting detention isn't the worst thing that could happen. Having one of your friends killed because of your actions is worse and is also a very real option in this world. And so, like, you see that with the younger kids as they grow, but you don't necessarily get to look back on the adult characters and see that they, too, sort of had to go through that maturing. And the choices made by adult characters in this novel do not show that that happened at all for the vast majority of them, which is just...
0: Yeah. I mean, there is like kind of a movement right now with um, having adults take accountability for their actions in uh, children's media right now. And I think that's very reflective here where Lupin is an adult character taking accountability for his actions. And basically no adult does that in the series, especially Dumbledore. The thing with Lupin is
1: that just he's not a bad person. And nor would I say he is an overly reckless person. Yeah. But he can still see the times and openly admit to those times where he made mistakes and had flaws and he can acknowledge that, like, he'd like to make those better choices. And, like, he can now see in his maturity the potential risks and outcomes that were previously sort of blocked by his youth and his immaturity. Like, he can really say, like, oh, having a fun night out with my friends is not worth the risk of infecting someone, is not worth the risk of killing someone. This is what it's like to be live a whole life with this disease I can't believe I risked doing that to someone else. Like, he's really grown. But what I think I love even more than Lupin looking back on his, like, younger years and reflecting and talking about his regrets is how he kind of acknowledges that he's still working on the same issues. Like, he says now, sort of, that, like, he should have told Dumbledore that Sirius was an anime guy. It was the right thing to do. Even in this moment, now that he knows Sirius was innocent, he knows Sirius was the good guy, he acknowledges that he should have told Dumbledore. And he knows that the choice he made not to was not the morally right choice. And he can sit there and say, I made the wrong moral choice. These are the internal selfish motivations that led me to making that choice. And it's like, to say that about choices you've made so recently, right? Like this morning, he made that choice. He made that choice all week. He made that choice all year. And and as an adult who looks back and regrets his irrational or underthought through choices when he was younger to say, I wouldn't have done that then. And I wish I was a person who didn't do those things, but I am still a person who does those things sometimes. It's so self-informed. Like, It really feels like Remus Lupin is the character who went to therapy. Like, I know we always say, oh, our character should have gone to therapy. But I think Lupin did. Or he's in therapy. He's a work in progress. Yeah, honestly. I think he, like, the fact that he can say the person I was did blank and I regret it and the person I am now would not have done it, while at the same time saying the person I am now does other things that I know I shouldn't do. And I'm trying, but I'm not perfect. And it's so good to see these behaviors and these reflective habits modeled to Harry, Hermione, and Rahan. And it's so good to see them coming from their teacher, who's calm, level-headed, responsible, while he stands next to this absolute escaped murderous madman. Like, there's such a good balance of, like, got no help. Not Sirius' fault. He was in prison. They probably don't have good therapy there. Versus someone who has had the time and not just let it make him angry, but looked internally and seen what he could do or who he's been and who he wants to be. And I just, I just adore that. And I really think Lupin has done some of the therapy work that all the characters should be doing. I mean, I can just imagine how so many of these other characters would have benefited from having like therapeutic skills or the option to actually work on their issues internally. Like if Snape could see that some of the choices he made lost him Lily and not just what James did. Yeah. I think that would be great. And if Snape could reflect on his ability to sometimes be a good person who does bad things or to be a bad person who does good things, maybe like to be able to understand that both of those things can kind of exist because it feels like Snape is never able to forgive James Because it's easier to just blame James for everything.
0: Yeah, projecting.
1: Because if he can't do that, he he can't come to terms with the fact that, like, he's never forgiven himself. Like, he can't forgive himself. So he's punishing James. And in turn, Harry. Openly. But also spending his entire life trying to make up for this mistake. Instead of just saying, I can choose not to be that person anymore. Or I can, words to words, not being that person anymore. But he doesn't get that opportunity. And it sucks. I think Lupin had a window of time where he was actually able to work on himself that a lot of the characters didn't. Like he left Hogwarts and then James dies. Yeah. And Lupin was able to live his own life outside the purview of our main characters. Basically, Sirius was in jail and James was dead. So I think maybe he was kind of no longer important to Dumbledore. And so that kind of gave Lupin room to grow in ways that other characters couldn't. Because Dumbledore sort of collects these hurt and traumatized people. And he doesn't really want them to self-reflect or heal or grow. Because as we can see, he uses those things to manipulate people. And if they had the skills to work on their issues or to self-reflect or to figure out how to cope or forgive themselves, it would be a lot harder for Dumbledore to manipulate them. And I sort of think that's where Lupin got lucky. Is he sort of fell out of sort of Dumbledore's window of people he needed to keep an eye on or wield or manipulate. And so he, so yeah, so there was no one trying to prevent him from working on these things. So he got to work on them. And I think like a lot of characters would have benefited from having that same opportunity, right? I mean, if Snape had gone to therapy, he might've found a way to forgive himself for Lily's death. You know, he might've said, you know what? I made this wrong choice. I can make a lot of right choices from this point on to try and make up for it. There's a lot of things I can do, but. Because he didn't do that, because he wasn't given the room to do that, or no one suggested that to him, or he didn't have a support system at all. Instead, he spends his whole life doing whatever Dumbledore tells him to do. You know? And if Snape had solved those issues internally, he wouldn't have been as easily manipulated with that thing. And same with Hagrid, honestly. Like, Hagrid is eternally grateful to Dumbledore for not holding him responsible for a crime Dumbledore knows he didn't commit. Literally, he credits Dumbledore with himself – like, Hagrid credits Dumbledore for making him worthy of a life worth living, you know? Which is not true. He was worth it before, and he was worth it after, and he would have been worth it without Dumbledore. But Dumbledore portrayed himself as the only person who could give that to Hagrid, who chose to give that to Hagrid. So everyone is so deeply indebted to this man because he paints himself as the only way they can find any sense of self-worth or – forgiveness or pay restitution for their mistakes
0: even looking at harry too harry was like deeply emotionally and physically neglected and abused and he didn't have any family or support which makes him kind of like also see doubledore as that like figure for him but if it had been neville neville has family and would he have been as easily manipulated as uh Harry as. Because Harry has no other support. Harry uh, Neville has his grandparents.
1: I mean, even like the way Dumbledore never does anything about the blatant emotional and honestly physical and all forms of abuse that Harry faces from the Dursleys. The more unhappy he is at home, the happier he is at Hogwarts. The more he feels like no one loves and supports him at home, the easier it is for Dumbledore to position himself as the one who will love and support Harry. So like... Again, it just benefits Dumbledore so much to keep people in these compromised situations, in these unhappy situations. He is like such a sinister manipulator, you know? Like everything, it feels like everything he does for people is a way for him to control them. And it feels like a lot of the things he chooses not to do for people that might be less work and be better in the long run, you have to almost intentionally choose not to do. And he intentionally chooses not to do them. Yeah, I find it strange that Dumbledore did not suspect anything about
0: Sirius being the spy. Because I feel like Dumbledore had to have known something. Did not line up. Yeah. But it didn't, like, help him having Sirius around. He
1: would have had a relationship with Harry. Yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like Sirius would have been a hindrance for him because I don't think Sirius would have agreed. I don't think he would have been kept away from Harry, and that was an inconvenience for Dumbledore's plans. So it's better to have Sirius in jail.
1: Yeah, exactly. If Harry had a loving and supportive godfather, even if he had to live with the Dursleys most of the time, Sirius would come visit. Sirius would lightly threaten the Dursleys to make sure Harry is fed. Harry would have a person to complain to when things are crappy, a person to be excited with when things are great so really even serious yeah being an Askaban benefited Dumbledore creating this relationship with Harry and creating this emptiness in Harry that he himself Dumbledore can sort of try to fill exclusively himself this is a Dumbledore hate podcast I'm not saying Dumbledore is the grimmel worm tongue of the Harry Potter world but to my Lord of the Rings fans out there his words are poison
0: yeah but do you have any uh, last thoughts before we wrap up
1: um my last thoughts are Lupin, if you're out there and you are canonically bisexual, welcome. We love, we respect, we value you.
0: I think all the marauders are somewhere on in like the LGBTQ community. <laughs> Personal head Take that, the author. <laughs> Actually it's really funny looking back because like the marauders is kind of like a sub fandom of the Harry Potter universe, and I think basically it's just canon. to the fans, that everyone in that era is just very gay. (laughs) Everyone
1: knows the early 1800s were prime time for... I mean, it was, you know, the 70s. Oh, right. It was the 70s. They were all on acid. Everything makes more sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anything else?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I just want to say what I've said a thousand times before, which is... uh, even the most well-rounded and high-functioning and happy-seeming person could benefit from therapy. So everyone should consider it. And all of our favorite characters should have gone also. I'm telling you, if they were in therapy, this would have been done in four and a half books. They would have killed off Voldemort. Four and a half books.
0: I'm just thinking back to like what you said about Lupin and just being able to grow and mature. And it just kind of really hits you that None of the other murderers really got that chance. Like, James died really young. Never got the chance. Sirius was in prison since he was really young. Peter, obviously, has been also been on the run for the last 12 years, too. And he obviously hasn't grown up. So Lupin's the really only the one that was really given a life after everything. But we know that Lupin still has a lot of uh, grief and emotional things he's working through. But despite that, he's just, like, a really great guy and character. Wow. But, yeah, I think that's... It for chapter 18. Join us next time as we discuss chapter 19 of Prisoner Vascovan, The Servant of Lord Baltimore. Ooh. You can follow us on social media at Potter Revisited, or you can email us at Potter Revisited Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time. Bye.